Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I'm your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. We are coming to you from the JW Marriott in Austin, Texas, Restaurant Transformation Festival, hosted by Restaurant 365. I've got an awesome guest. They, uh, they brought over Massimo. They saved the best for last. Well, yeah, well, we'll see about that, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, <laughs> they have high hopes for you bringing what we believe on this show, which is digital hospitality. So much of what we do in the restaurants on a day-to-day -day basis is taking care of people. That's right. Uh, what we believe on this show, why we partner with Restaurant 365, why we're excited to talk to you, is that technology allows us to do our in-real-life jobs better. Um, tell me about Paris Spaghetti. Tell me about the brand. What are you guys doing? What are you building? And uh, and then we'll get in a little bit to your story. Sure, I'll tell you a little bit about Paris Spaghetti. Uh, brand itself started in Korea in the late '80s. Um, it's actually a brand that's got global presence. There's about four thousand globally, uh, but here in the U.S., um, they broke ground here in the late '80s and opened a few locations and had modest success. Um, but more recently in the last four years, they've kind of brought on a U.S. leadership team and really have focused on um, wanting to fill the gap in the bakery cafe space in the U.S. We feel we are pretty well positioned there as, you know, bigger brands like Panera and Aubon Pan, who used to fill that space, have geared more towards an eatery. So, um, you know, we focus on primarily pastries, cakes, and breads. And uh, right now we've got a about 140 locations in the U.S. just wow. penetrated Canada. 140 in how many years? Um, so we in, well, let's say technically the first one opened in 87. Okay. They had about, I would say, 40 up until um, 2019. Wow. So since 2019, we're, we're, you know, through almost 100 locations. <laughs> we did grow through the pandemic. We actually pandemic did open growth. a few locations, closed a few too, yeah. but primarily open. Um, but um, have a pretty aggressive growth plan for the Americas. Uh, the plan is to try to get to 1,000 locations, bakery cafes, in the Americas by 2030. Wow. That's absolutely incredible. I, I'm a huge fan of the brand. We have one actually in East Lake, Chula Vista in San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, very, I mean, it's always busy. And it's always top-notch quality is what one of the things that impresses me the most. Yeah, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, even, you know, from the, you know, the strategic pillars on, from Korea, I mean, part of what has made that brand successful is the, the intense attention to quality yes. and product. And that's not changed or wavered coming over the U.S. too. Um, that is one of our, you know, strategic growth pillars is is quality, and then innovation is another one. But, um, you know, that's a, that's a challenge when you grow, of course, right? Um, we are, um, you know, growing as a franchise organization, so we've spent a lot of resources, time, and and money making sure that as we grow and as we onboard franchisees, that we are maintaining that that product quality across them. And so I'm glad that you see that. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's beyond impressive as someone in the restaurant space. I mean, we're, we're in the barbecue business, but mm -hmm. when I go and, you know, I, I grew up, uh, actually there was a French pastry in La Jolla where I grew up where, um, my grandfather was Bulgarian. My grandmother was Japanese, but they always cared about baguettes mm -hmm. and baguettes and croissants. And I've never been able to find anything resembling until I found Paris baguette, until I found you, until I found your brand. Oh, that's good to hear. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The attention to 
to detail because mm -hmm. I've also been to France and I've tasted the quality there. And to see that you guys have been able to replicate that in my own community um, at such a scale with such high volume, it's very impressive. The results are in National Restaurant Association show, Kyle and Sarah and myself. We were at the Davos sales tax booth and we were polling restaurant owners on the floor. This was a very unscientific poll, but the results are resounding. Restaurant owners do not like sales tax. Nobody likes sales tax. Doesn't matter what business owner you are, small business, big business, Davo automates the sales tax process. We are so grateful that Davo is the sponsor of this show. They automate sales tax at our Cali barbecue restaurants. It is $50 a month. It integrates with all the major point of sale partners, including Toast. So if you want to sleep at night, if you want to not worry about sales tax, Go to Davo, check them out, Davo Sales Tax. Uh, let us know how they're helping automate your sales tax in your restaurant so that we can share your Davo story on digital hospitality. Yeah, yeah, it is a, a testament to the, you know, the focus of the, the team and, and frankly, the, the parent company and, and, you know, the unwavering commitment to, to quality. I mean, the chairman of the parent company in Korea will, you know, come over and visit the U.S. and it's, he'll visit every cafe and, you know, at, at 80 years old, he's still focusing on, it's amazing. you know, this is, this is underproofed or this is overproofed or whatever it may be. Um, but I'll tell you, I, you know, brand, there's not a high level of brand recognition or brand awareness for Paris baguette. But when I, you know, was, was, um, you know, introduced to the brand, that was the first thing that I noticed was the, the quality of the product. I worked for, um, a company prior to that that you know was in the bakery space, cafe space, and we thought we were extremely uh, high quality. But Paris Baguette has been able to replicate that at a at a broad scale, which that's what brought that's what made me interested in the in the mm -hmm. company. Not even knowing what the growth plan was, it was just the the, the quality. How do you become a technologist? Huh, that's a great question. Was anyone ever well, asked you, you that? Well, yeah, naturally you start as a, you know, naturally you start in the College of Arts and Architecture. You graduate with a degree in photography. Of course. And, you know, segues into... Well, photography, of course. <laughs> why, not, why not? Yeah, I mean, and that's the what truth. What did you want I, to do with photography? Uh, yeah, what did I want to do? Did, I was, you know, I was going to shoot for National Geographic. Oh, my, really? my parents clearly didn't want me to yeah. be a photographer, but hey, they supported me. Um, you know... I'm in my early twenties and think I'm going to go shoot for national geographic mm -hmm. or, or whatever. You know, I, I, I worked in that industry for about a year running a professional photo lab and said, this is, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. And frankly, you know, outside of, you know, working in restaurants, you know, as a, you know, a server or, you know, a, a bartender or, or, uh, you know, helping out management, I like the industry. Right. And I ended up just frankly going to a, a recruiter and getting a data entry job for, on another company, a company called Cozy Sandwich Bar that was in the Northeast. And I learned inventory, food cost management, and COGS hmm. real quick, manually. Um, and I was working in the food and beverage department, but um, things just happen. You get lucky. I fell into a project for the IT team rolling out inventory control and just really gradually segmented or, you know, kind of moved into IT. I have no formal education in the area, but, um, you know, focused heavily on back office operations and platforms for restaurant companies. So, um, you know, really never had a desire to be in technology. Yeah. This is, 
But there are a lot of stories like that. No. I didn't think I'd have a barbecue media business. <laughs> right? <laughs> yet, yet here we are. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> Um, I'd love for you to talk about the relationship with the restaurant 365. Why, why are you here? Why do you believe in the, in the software and, and, and how do you guys implement it? Hey everyone, uh, Avi Gorin, CEO and co-founder of Marquee. And I want to talk about the customer journey for a second. You never know as a restaurant owner where your guests are truly coming from. End of the day, we do see some patterns around two types of search behaviors, direct versus discovery. Direct search, for an example, would be jumping into Google and saying Cali barbecue hours, right? I know where I want to go to eat, but I'm missing a key detail. I need a little bit more information. Discovery, which is the bulk of searches, is barbecue in San Diego, restaurants near me, takeout near me, right? One of the best ways to be found for more discovery searches is leveraging keywords. Reviews are basically free content for you to leverage. Think about keywords that are relevant to your brand, your location, and include as many of those in your review responses as possible, right? How can you go about doing this? Let's set up reports, utilize tools like Google Trends, find out what's going on in your area and how you can help leverage these keywords and review responses. Because someone else is doing that, right? If you need some examples, you could do anything from including summer menu, gluten-free menu, um, Leverage specific menu items like the dreaded and beloved spice pumpkin anything in your review responses, right? Let them know what's coming. Let your reviewers know something they should come back and try. And of course, if all of this just seems overwhelming and daunting because you're already running a, a restaurant and have enough on your plate, just leverage the team at Marquee to do this for you. We handle all of this. We're experts in this space. We can automate this. So it's just another item that you know you are taking care of. Again, that's marquee.com, M-A-R-Q-I-I, M-A-R-Q-I-I.com. Know you. However, we did recently buy M-A-R-Q-U-I-I.com. So if you do misspell it, we got you. You'll still find us. We can still help you. Yeah, I think uh, the restaurant 365, um, you know, first of all, we had a, a, a big need in our business to bring on um, a platform that allowed us to do inventory control, food cost management, see our that true theoretical cost of goods sold. Um, um, we were doing everything in Excel, um, not getting any insights out of it, just, you know, doing it as a task, as, a, as an operational task. And um, as a in addition to that, we had a, this kind of SAP accounting platform that was just um, um, just a gargantuan platform that nobody understood. We we entered we entered information, we paid invoices, um, but we really didn't get any insights out of it. So we were really looking for a tool that um, checked a number of boxes, but a few of them would be um, first and foremost. Um, you know, it's a scalable platform that would allow us to grow our business and our organization and the company would grow with it. Um, but also give us the tools to um, drive efficiency operationally. And that's part of what we've done with Restaurant 365. We also have, um, so in our operation, we bring in a lot of product overseas, a lot of proprietary product. And therefore we have warehouses and third-party logistics, frozen warehouses that we let. 